You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,183, and it's my 1,497th interview. We're Cruising towards our 1,500th interview, which will be coming up shortly, actually early in February. And ooh, do we have a great show planned for you. And today we have a great show planned for you. Let me tell you something. Though. When it comes to exit planning or succession planning, most business owners are late to address this subject, almost sometimes until it's too late. But in order to maximize the value, entrepreneurs and owners should solicit, this is my opinion, the help of trusted advisors well in advance. You know, in order to increase valuation businesses, most and foremost require the assistance of a seasoned operational trusted advisor, say an experienced CEO or someone with a COO, you know, chief operating officer, to help put the right processes in place and increase efficiencies and, most importantly, increase the profit. You know, such trusted advisors, CEO or COOs, should work on setting up the business in a manner, get ready for this, business owners, that is less dependent on you and a few individuals that have been there since the beginning. That's why I invited J.J. Risha to come and talk about this. His firm is Business Vision Advisory. J.J., welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Rick. Let's get started with a question about your firm. What makes Business Vision Advisory kind of unique from other people and firms that say they might do something similar to you? Thank you for inviting me first. I I really appreciate uh, being here. Um, Business Vision Advisory... It's a little bit differentiated than others is by the fact that we are more of an entrepreneurial firm. My background specifically, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I started several companies. And when I go help others uh, that are entrepreneurs, business owners that have been running their businesses for a long time and they're trying to exit, they're trying to do a succession planning or potentially, you know, want to sell their business. I come at it from an entrepreneurial standpoint versus coming at it from just a management consultant or someone that comes in to provide maybe a, uh, a strategic plan, disappears and comes back in three months and says, okay, where are you at? And okay. they're not there, that nothing's been done. So uh, what we do is, um, you know, we've been in the trenches. I've been there, started 10 companies. I sold three out of the 10 that I've started. And when I'm, when I'm there, I'm, I know the pains that business owners go through from trying to make the payroll the next Monday, right? From uh, from uh, trying to figure out how to increase sales, how to create, you know, a, a good marketing plan. Uh, so I come at it from the entrepreneurial standpoint, who's been in the trenches before right. and help them implement a strategic plan that we put together and execute it hand in hand. Plus, you have the successful exit experience. You said three of the companies that you founded, you were able to successfully exit. And I think, I believe it's hard to do something well you do not do frequently. And few business owners, unlike you, have started multiple businesses and exited multiple businesses. So many times, this is the first time for them that they've ever done that. They don't know what they don't know about exiting a business. It's very true. And and the other thing I would say is, I've learned a lot more from the other ones. <laughs> right. So they benefit from your experience, right? They benefit from the pitfalls that I've been uh, you know, through and, and that I know not to make the mistakes that I've made before. So, so um, 
I've got a bunch of questions I want to ask you, and I'm going to hop around a little bit. I, I, I'm curious in your experience if it confirms my belief, which is what I said in the open, that all too often business owners put off the kind of planning they should be doing to successfully exit their firm with the highest valuation possible. Is that your experience? That's that's almost very true all the time. Okay. Uh, what happens is uh, someone wants to exit, they decide they want to do it right away, or they don't plan it ahead of time. Or uh, most of what I what I've seen along my career is that they they want their their valuation in their mind is much higher than what the true business wow. valuation is. Yeah. So when they get to a point where, uh, let's say, a business may be worth five million, but in their head it's worth fifteen. So how do you bridge that gap between five and fifteen? It's really hard to do, and also um, you have to think about you know what kind of lifestyle they've been used to mm-hmm. and how are they going to maintain that same lifestyle if they don't get the 15 million dollar as an exit right so there's a there is a big gap in between so uh, one way of kind of bridging the gap is maybe try to increase that valuation uh, but it takes two three maybe five years to get to a point where a 20 year old company has been around for a while and now you need to help it increase you know it, in any business regardless of what business it is, you need to increase sales decrease Increase, um, you know, expenses, right. and then increase your gross profit margin, and in- potentially increase your EBITDA at the end of the day. Right, because you know this better than I. But my sense is, from talking with business owners and studying this subject somewhat, that y- one year is not the valuation made. Right, it's a, not a buyer is going to be looking for a trend there, and they need several years of performance at a certain level to justify the valuation. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, investment bankers and brokers, uh, they're looking, if they're, you know, having someone help them sell the business, they're going to look for at least three years. Three years. Yes. So that's that's the traditional way. Now, there are companies that, you know, potentially can grow faster and they can show faster growth, for Mm -hmm. example. Uh, But most of the time, three years is, is the average. Okay, so we're talking with J.J. Risha, and we're talking about what his the, he does with his firm, which is Business Vision Advisory. I'm wondering who you help. You know, I'm, I'm very much believe for entrepreneurs to be successful, they have to have a well-defined niche or a series of niches. And so can you tell us what your well-defined niche is? So... Uh, you know, it's changed over the years, which is like, you know, like, like any business. Every, every one of my businesses that I started, it started one way. And then by the time it became a real business, uh-huh. it was completely different than okay. how it you started. Pivoted. I pivoted many times. <laughs> <laughs> so not just once. Okay. So uh, He's a serial pivoter. <laughs> and a serial pivoter, that's for sure. And if you're not a serial pivoter, there is actually a problem because, again, most of the time when you start a business, you have it one way in your head. And then when you get to a point where... You know, it's not working. You have to change. It's not working. You change again until you get it to a point where it becomes a real business. Right. And sometimes you just have to give up. So, or sometimes you say, you know, I'm persevering and you go through. So, to answer your question, um, it it kind of evolved over the year. But now I've been concentrating on uh, the five to fifty million in revenue. Okay. Now we can go a little bit below and a little bit above, but I've noticed that uh, not many. You know, firms like 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 mine um, concentrate on this from the standpoint of uh, 
you know, helping entrepreneurs in, a, in either a fractional CEO type role or an interim CEO type role. Most firms concentrate on companies over 100 or 200 million where no one is serving this smaller okay, middle so. market or, or lower middle market, okay. um, you know, uh, bracket. of. I of love it when owners. an entrepreneur finds an underserved niche. <laughs> right. That's that's what it's all about. Right. Right. That's, yeah. It makes it easier. It makes it easier. It? Okay. Yeah. Um, what what are you finding when you come in to work with these sized companies? Is there do you have a playbook that you've been able to say, well, this generally is the right way to go, or is it required? Sort of every situation is unique, and you sort of have to go in and sort of get a lay of the land. It's kind of a combination. So. In general, there are certain things that work regardless of what type of business, right? So, you know, it could be change management. It could be the culture, uh, building the right culture for the business. It could be accountability, um, you know, for the employees. It could, it could be empowering, engaging. Uh, and those are potentially similar, uh, you know, tactics or strategies that need to be implemented. Of course, you got to look at the P&L. got to look at the finances. you got to look at – but then the, the different – Part of it is that, you know, what kind of industry? How do you market at an industry? What's your customer acquisition cost? How do you sell to that industry? Um, you know, there are a lot of other things that now become different. If it's a manufacturing operation versus a retail operation versus a, maybe a restaurant, you know, then then the strategies start, uh, start to change. So some could be basic uh, business requirements that need to be implemented in every business, and the other is kind of it changes every time you, I go into a business. That's interesting. Um, one of the things that I believe to be true, and it feels a little bit contentious when I say it, but I don't mean it that way. Um, <laughs> but many people take it that way. My experience is that a company will only grow as large as the leader is capable of growing it to. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And and I, I agree with that. I, I think um, there are kind of, if you want, brackets in revenue. So there's there's a there is a you know if you're starting a company from zero to one million requires certain set of skills. Yes, million to three another set of skills. Okay. Maybe three to ten another set of skills. So uh, and 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 there are very few entrepreneurs, business owners, or you know like the ones you've heard of, like you know maybe Bill Gates. He took a company from zero to billions, and those are very rare individuals that can take a company from zero to hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. Yes, that, because they have all the skills that's that are required. They're a handful worldwide, hmm. or maybe. You know, few handfuls, right? But but not everyone can do the same thing. So uh, so what I bring or my firm brings to the table is helping these entrepreneurs, these business owners, maybe transition through the different brackets or the different um, you know revenue right. uh, sk- uh, where where you need different skills. Sounds like you almost augment sometimes maybe for them, we allowing augment. them to break through to the next plateau, which is the way to get a better valuation is to be bigger, right? I mean, that's, that, that, that's that right. The that's idea. at the end of the day, that's that's what it is. You're and not a turnaround guy. You're not there to slash and burn the expenses. You're there to make a more profitable or at least a more financially financially viable and attractive firm. That's very true. The other thing that that potentially we can concentrate on, and and I like to do, and I've done it again in, in the companies that I've started and, and run and, and exited from, is that look at potentially who's going to buy your company. And so you could actually kind of shop around and find out who potentially could buy your company. And 
it may not be easy work. You know, your investment banker can do it. You know, your broker can do it. You could do it as a business owner. But what happens when you do that is you could find maybe 10, 12 companies that are ready to acquire. And they're going to tell you, I'm willing to acquire these types of businesses with these features. Sure. And then you can mold your company yes. in a way that really fits the needs of potential acquisition right. and acquirer. And what happens when you do that is you're, it, that acquirer becomes a strategic buyer and not a financial buyer. Right, so you so get your off valuation of right. increases automatically. Right, you're much more attractive to someone who you have an accretive business model to, right? Right, except instead of basically buying the assets or buying your customer base, and now it's a complete financial transaction right. that increases potentially their revenue and without really having a strategic acquisition that could potentially increase the revenue dramatically. I, I find also sometimes on the acquiring side, some of the companies that are buying smaller companies look at it and go, you know what, with our management or with our discipline, with our this, we can take what these guys have gotten to $8 million and take it to $18 million or $80 million, right? That's right. And, and, and they're willing to uh, make that acquisition because they believe they can do more with the asset. And sometimes they have a bigger uh, infrastructure that allows the company to grow that, that, that the entrepreneur just didn't have access to. Very true. Very and it's true. not just the skill set of the entrepreneur. It may be the resources available to them. Yeah. So how do, you, how do you, JJ, deal with the emotional aspect of a business owner who is wanting to work with you to successfully build a strategy to exit their baby? Oh, wow. That's probably the hardest part. I, I know you knew that. <laughs> so, first of all, you're dealing with everybody and not just the business owner who started. You're, you're dealing with the family. You're dealing with the spouse. You're dealing, you know, you're dealing with right. everybody the in kids. the business. With the kids. <laughs> yeah, with everybody. So, uh, it, potentially, it could be that um, these business owners, uh, you know, sometimes they need a coach. And, and that's why part of w what I do in, in, in the business, I'm not a business coach per se. You know, sometimes I could help. But I bring in others that could sure. help me, you know. You know, so maybe some business coaching, maybe some life coaching that could really prepare them. That's why it takes more than a year or six months to exit because it takes time to get someone from one, uh, you know, point to a neck to the next. Right. So, so sometimes they need that emotional support with, where I could bring others that I've trusted advisors that I know that could really potentially help someone. But in general, uh, the ones that really succeed at exiting uh, are the ones that are coachable. So, meaning as a business owner, if if you're not coachable in order to modify what you've been doing for the past 10 years, but you still want to exit and increase your valuation, then that's going to be really hard. <laughs> you don't have many degrees of freedom there <laughs> to work with, do you? That's right. Not not many. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I'm not going to change. I don't want to change anything, but I want you to get this thing right. to be more valuable. So, that's that's the biggest thing is, you know, you put processes in place. You, 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 do, you do an assessment. You do a SWOT analysis. You do whatever it is that's required and then part of what i do is i meet with everybody in the company regardless if they're 10 people or 200 people okay and wow. and i and i that's a big commitment it's a very big commitment but uh, trust me on this people know what's wrong and people that's tell true. you they do. They do. and and Now's sometimes they trust it. you right sometimes they don't but it takes sometimes time you know it may take me three four months to get all the trust from everybody but I will know what's wrong really from the first two, three weeks I'm there. I'll know exactly what's wrong, and I start making changes. But again, it's the coaching, the willingness to 
right. make these changes that is going to make the big difference. Sometimes, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, uh, one of the companies that I, that I helped a couple of years ago, I was making a lot of changes. The entrepreneur was kind of not, um, you know, he doesn't want to make a lot of changes, but he's not resistant, right? So he's not completely resistant, but at the same time, so, so I was making a lot of changes very quickly. And then he said, you know what? We agreed you're going to be here for six months. I could see the value. Let's keep you here for at least a year. Wow. But please slow down. <laughs> so I only heard that once. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, I, give that, I give that guy a lot of credit. Oh, yeah. A lot of credit. And, and we made a lot of great changes. Mm-hmm. And, and so we've got a few minutes left here, but I, I, you know, my latest book, Killing Cats Leads the Rats, Unintended Consequences. <laughs> so I always bet a question there. Can you, can you share uh, question number four? Can you share a strategic decision you made that the outcome was different than what you or the team had intended it to be, JJ? So this is this is one of my companies um, a while back. What we've we it was software as a service company and what we've done is we had partners in the market that are selling our product so part of our um, success was that we found resellers that could help us sell in the market distribution channel makes right sense, yeah. which makes sense because then th- we went from being a small company to being a very large company so uh, part of what we did is we because it's a software as a service we decided to give our our partners our resellers the ability to support the software so they can make more money okay and we thought that's great right but their customer that was not great no <laughs> <laughs> so the unintended consequence was Customers started leaving us because there was no support. We found out that our resellers were only interested in just selling. They did not want to do the support at all. So because the support was suffering, customers did not want to be part of our you know, using our software. Sure. And we started having attritions. Wow. And so quickly, within about six months, that's as quick as you can do it because you don't find out right away. Right, you don't. We changed it back to centralized support and then, you know, our attrition uh, dropped dramatically. Nice. So that's one of those life lessons that you had to learn. Oh, yes. Good example of an unintended consequence. <laughs> All right, we only have like two minutes left, so I'm going to skip ahead okay. here in the questions <laughs> that, I, that I wanted to ask you. Um, is this a good time, and will it continue to be a good time, for business owners to prepare their business to exit? It's always a good time, and it depends on the time for the business owner, right? When they want to leave the business. You know, some, some business owners want to stay around, you know, until they're 70 or 80. And, and that's their prerogative to do that. But all, all, all um, I'm trying to say as a potential trusted advisor to some of the businesses is that you need to at least three years if you want to increase your valuation, if you want to prepare your business to have a better exit, uh, less de- dependent on you as a as a business owner, and and maybe maybe more dependent on uh, uh, you know true professional. Uh, you know, operational processes, right. sales processes, you know, marketing processes that could help that business grow, regardless if you're there or not. Interesting. I, um, my wife and I, years ago, when we were selling a house, we went through the house and we fixed everything that was not right, right? And at one point, I looked at my wife and I said, why didn't we live in this house that was this way, <laughs> right? Before. Why are we making it so nice for the next guy? That's right. And, and But what I 
when I work with business owners, what I say to them is, what's the harm of having a business that could be sold tomorrow, right? What, even if you don't think you want to sell it in three to five years, what's the downside to instituting the disciplines and learning from a trusted advisor how to run a business that could be sold tomorrow? Because one of the things that I have heard and seen, people don't control their destiny. You can get sick. Bad things can happen, and then you're maybe forced to sell. And if you haven't done the basic work, then you really are at a disadvantage. It's very true. So yeah, so there's no harm to start early. You know, maybe you'll never sell that business. Maybe you'll transition. It'll be so good. You it's a cash cow, right? (laughs) Just keep it. Yeah, just keep it. But you're right. Why wait till the end to figure out? How good can you be? Right. Most companies can be great if the right things are put in place. Right. I, I, I think a little bit of disciplined process improvement goes a long way in a company that's three, five, ten, fifteen million dollars. Oh yeah. It, they really can benefit significantly from operationalizing the if business. If you get to a point where you're five million and up, scalability could be, you know, yes. you know, much easier or easier than zero to one million is like the very hardest. <laughs> you know, again, one still one to five is still really hard. But when you get to five, you've gotten something in place that could potentially help you scale quickly. Right. It depends on the type of business, of course, right? But but how quickly can you how quickly can you scale mm-hmm. is how labor intensive the business is, right? How right. there's a lot of things involved. But with the right processes in place, with the right, um, you know, everything you put in place in order to make that business run, mm-hmm. you could make it run much, much more efficiently. JJ, we, earlier when I asked about your niche, you said kind of 5 to $50 million. Um, uh, my other question is, any certain industries, technology, non-technology, manufacturing, service, What do you, where do you like to spread so, your wings? So uh, th- this is where we're kind of it becomes more general, I guess. But uh, so my background is mainly, um, you know, software, IT, engineering, uh, and this are the companies that uh, that I've started myself. But, um, but I could tell you that the companies that I've been helping for the past six, seven years now have been really all over the place okay. because business is business at the end of the day. So, you know, from retail to manufacturing, to a distribution, to um, a restaurant, specialty retail as well, also uh, uh, construction, contract services, wow. um, logistics. So I've been really that's all awesome. over the place. Yeah, yes. that's yeah. a great experience. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, valuable. Sometimes things I didn't know anything about. But <laughs> <laughs> you learned. But I learned. All right. <laughs> if someone would like to learn more, JJ, about you and your firm, how do they find you online? So they can find us online at uh, Business Vision Advice advisory.com and uh, they can also call at 949-419-6924 could you say that again 949-419-6924 thank you for being a friend of the program a part of the critical mass community i appreciate your time today and sharing a bit of what you know thank you very much i've enjoyed it okay thank you all right i want to thank our engineer for today he's also the station owner mr paul roberts and my three engineers without uh, production sorry my three producers without whom i could not do this show joan park Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, let's start with LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 